future shock. What's it going to be like in the last days, in the days we're living now, but then in the future, what is that going to look like? Well, God tells us this. He knows the future. He wants us to know the future too. And if Paul told Timothy, hey, it's going to be hard in the last days in 66, 67 AD. Just think how hard it's going to be here in 2015. Hey, what is the future going to be like? Welcome to From His Heart on this extended Independence Day celebration weekend across the United States as we celebrate our freedom. Although far from perfect, America is a shining example for many other nations to find freedom for their society. And that is poignantly clear these days with the shocking wars and terrorism and government mistrust, coupled with increasing earthquakes and famines, floods, rapidly and perhaps dangerous technological advancements, plus an enormous falling away from the true faith. We're all asking this question, what in the world is going on? And what's coming next? Is the end really drawing near? And if so, what will it look like? This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, and thank you for being with us today for the first of nine messages that we're going to air this month from Pastor Jeff's powerful series, Future Shock, What in the World is Going On? Now, Pastor, I know that this series is going to change hearts and minds about what's to come and what we should be planning for. Start us off by simply telling us the motivation for why you felt God wanted you to preach this series. Well, Larry, I believe that um, we are close, very, very close to the second coming of Christ. The Bible talks about living in the last days, and Paul lived in the last days. I think we're living in the last of the last days. And I think that as you, we see all the changes taking place, rapid, rapid changes taking place in our world, that that's just proof positive that the coming of Christ is so very, very near. And I want people to be uh, forewarned so that they can be forearmed, so that they can be ready for the return of Christ. Well, let's start getting ready. The first message of this timely Future Shock series is entitled, He Never Said It Would Be Easy. Remember now, if you miss any of these lessons, you can catch up online anytime at fromhisheart.org. Just click the Listen tab. Now, though, open your Bible to 2 Timothy. Here's Pastor Jeff to explain what God never said about the end times. It would be easy. We're starting a new series today and I've entitled it Future Shock. What in the world is going on? And we're gonna look at some of the things that are going on in this world, and we're gonna look at what God says in his word about the last days, because God wants us to know and God wants us to be ready. If you have your Bible, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter three. 2 Timothy was the last letter Paul ever wrote before he got his head cut off under the persecution of Nero. It was written about 66, 67 AD. Timothy was Paul's true child in the faith. 
Paul picked up Timothy on his second missionary journey from Lystra, and he took him with him uh, on his missionary journeys. And Timothy was the pastor in Ephesus. Paul had set him up there. Timothy was a guy who was uh, different from Paul. Paul was a guy who would charge hell with a water pistol. Timothy was a little more timid, and Paul had to tell him, hey, uh, God hasn't given you a spirit of timidity, Timothy, but of power and love and discipline. You have to remember who you are and whose you are, and he encouraged Timothy in the faith. Well, he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3 this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, and avoid such men as these. Future shock. What's it going to be like in the last days? In the days we're living now, but then in the future, what is that going to look like? Well, God tells us this. He knows the future. He wants us to know the future too. You know, and the scripture says that in the last days, you know, the Bible uses that a lot, the last days, the last days, and people say, well, what constitutes the last days? The last days are a long period of time. They're really just the gap between the first coming of the Lord and the second coming of the Lord. All those days in between are the last days. Now, when Paul wrote, he's writing in the last days. He's writing 66, 67 or so AD. And now here we are and we're in today's time and so it is safe to say, if Paul was living in the last days in 67 AD, we are living in the last of the last of the last days. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, Pastor Jeff, do you think that the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is near? And I said, you bet I do. I think the Lord is coming soon, and I'm excited about that, aren't you? The Lord is coming soon. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe he's not coming from a, for another hundred years. But as I look around the landscape of our world, I cannot fathom this world going another hundred years. I think the Lord is coming soon. So if you believe that premise, as I believe that premise, then it's safe to say we're living in the last of the last days. And if Paul told Timothy, hey, it's going to be hard in the last days in 66, 67 AD. Just think how hard it's going to be here in 2015. Wow. And he, he goes on to say in verse 13, he says, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Hey, what is the future going to be like? We're going to be covering 2 Timothy chapter 3 today. What does the Lord say about living in the last days? Three discoveries. Discovery number one, the days will become increasingly violent and dangerous. That's one of the things that he says. Evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. In the Amplified, we get a, a better feel for what that exactly means. And the Amplified Bible says this, but understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. That's what we're facing in these last days. Now, the Lord wants us to understand the days. He wants us to understand the times. That's why he said, hey, realize this, understand this. The Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. You're called into a battle. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Hey, we're at, we're at war. That's why Ephesians 6 says you better dress for the battle. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. What kind of a soldier goes to battle uh, wearing flip-flops and, and a, a noodle? Uh, you know, he's going to the beach. You're not going to the beach. You're going to the battlefield. And we need to remember that. We're in a battle. And God is saying, this is what's going to happen in these last days. So you need to get ready. Not to scare us, but to prepare us because the Lord wants us to know what's coming down the pipe. And he says it's going to be violent and it's going to be dangerous and it's going to be difficult to say the least. So be aware. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. God wants us to understand the times and God wants us, secondly, to understand man without the fear of God. One of the basic, basic, basic commands in the Bible is the fear of the Lord. We are to fear the Lord. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. We read in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the ABCs. It's like learning a language. What do you, if you're going to learn English, what do you learn? You learn the alphabet. You learn the ABCs. What are the ABCs in the spiritual realm? The fear of the Lord. It's the first button on your shirt. If you miss that button, I don't care how you do the other buttons, your shirt is off because you missed the first button. The fear of the Lord is the first button on the shirt. It's the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, and we're living in a world today where men do not fear God. Women don't fear God. Boys and girls don't fear God. We used to live in a world where people had a, they might not have been Christians, but they had a fear of God. And a fear of God says that you recognize that God is God and you're not God. You recognize who God is and who you are. I am, in relation to God, a pimple on a flea because God is so great, the fear of the Lord, and we've lost that. And you know what we've replaced the fear of the Lord with? We've replaced the fear of the Lord with the love of self. See what it says in verse 2? Difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self. I'm not going to love God. I'm not going to fear God. I'm not going to acknowledge God. Why? Because it's all about me. 
It's all about me. That's the world we live in today. Now, this uh, love of self can be a little tricky because, you know, you say, well, does God not want me to love me? Is, Is God saying that I should not like me, not love me, not care for me? No, that's just assumed in the Bible. It's never commanded in the Bible, love you. It's commanded to love your neighbor as yourself. It's commanded husbands to love your wives even as your own bodies. It's just assumed in the Bible that we love ourselves, that we're going to protect ourselves. Somebody is really, uh, they're really off when they're trying to hurt themselves because they hate themselves. God wants you to love what he loves. Well, he loves you, so you can love you too. The love of self, as it says in 2 Timothy 3, 2, that's totally different. It's saying that I am center stage. It's all about me. And so when I am in love with myself, I become a narcissist and the whole world begins to revolve around me. Man, that's a scary deal. And out of that love of self comes a sewer pipe full of all kinds of evil and all kinds of sickening thing. It all flows from the loss of the fear of God. It says in Psalm 36, verse 1, sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. They have jettisoned God for self. And whereas God used to be on center stage, now self is on center stage. And listen, when the center of gravity shifts from God to man, that center of gravity is off terribly and all sorts of filth comes out of the love of self. As it says, there'll be lovers of self. And then it says there'll be lovers of money. Well, it stands to reason if you love yourself, you want to have more money to do for yourself. So they become lovers of money. And you know, the thing is, you don't have to have money to be a lover of money. Many people are poor, but they love money because they think money is their way out. Money is going to solve all my problems. So you can have lots of money and be a lover of money. You can have uh, no money and be a lover of money, or you can have lots of money and not be a lover of money. You can have no money and not be a lover of money. But in the last days, you're going to have a predominant amount of men and women, boys and girls, who are lovers of self. It's all about me. And they're going to be lovers of money, more money to do things for me. They're going to be boastful. They're going to be arrogant. Why? Because it's all about me and I need to tell you about me. They're going to be revilers. That word means literally blasphemers. They're disobedient to parents. They're ungrateful. They're unholy. They're unloving. You know that unloving in the New American Standard, that literally means without natural affection. They don't have a natural affection for their brothers, their sisters, their mom, their dad. We've read stories, all of us, true stories of kids who murdered their parents. Unloving, without natural affection. Parents who murder their children. They're irreconcilable. That means they're truce breakers. Malicious gossips. The word in Greek is diabolos, for where we get devil, the slanderer, the false accuser, and that people are going to be just like the devil in the last days. They're going to be without self-control, brutal, haters of good, hostile to virtue. Literally, that's what that means. Treacherous, reckless, conceited. That word conceited means swollen with self-importance. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied the power thereof. And he says, Timothy, avoid 
men like this. Now, Timothy had them in Ephesus. There were people like that in Ephesus. Why? Because Timothy in 67 AD was living in the last days. But we in 2015, we're living in the last of the last days. And we see more of this than he saw because evil men and imposters will increase and they'll go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. We live in a world where people want to be their own God. They've lost the fear of God. You know what the scripture says about that? It says it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. When you read in Revelation chapter 20 of God's judgment of the wicked, all those who spurned him, all those who rejected him, they come before him at the great white throne judgment, and it is a terrifying thing. It says earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. Nobody wants to be there. There ain't going to be one person at the great white throne who saunters up into the face of God and say, I don't believe in you, God, and I'm not afraid to go to hell. They're going to be wetting their pants at the judgment at the great white throne judgment. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so God says, hey, in this, these last days, people reject the fear of me. They choose the love of self, and that opens the floodgate, and that opens the sewer pipe of all sorts of terrible, horrible things. Second discovery. Not only will the days become increasingly violent and dangerous, the days will see a rise in false teachers and false teaching. Verse six, he says, for among these that hold to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, for among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth, men of depraved mind rejected as regards the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, as also that of those two came to be. Hey, what's going to happen in the last days? Well, things are going to get dangerous because people are loved, or they're going to be brutal and haters of good, and they love pleasure more than they love God. But then also, you're going to have a rise of false teachers and false teaching. You know, it's interesting. Jesus talked about that in Matthew 24. And Jesus said, and many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. That word many means an abundance. It means a large, a large amount of false prophets. And we live in a world today where there is, a, there is an abundance of false teachers and false teaching. You can turn on TV and you can watch uh, program after program of false teacher, teacher, false teacher, false teacher. Now, they don't advertise themselves as I'm a false teacher. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7? He said, they will come to you, these false teachers, in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. And you know, Jesus talked about false teachers. Paul talked about false teachers. Peter talked a lot about false teachers. John talked about false teachers. Jude talked about false teachers. They creep into the church, Jude says, second to the last book of the Bible. Uh, they they kind of ease their way and, and slither their way into the church, kind of like a, uh, if you've watched a National Geographic where you see the, the crocodiles coming after their prey, they just kind of slip into the water without a ripple. That's how these false teachers come, and they come into the church, and they teach destructive heresies, even denying, the Bible says, the master who bought them. 
That's why they hold to a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They deny the power of the gospel. They deny the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they oppose the truth. And that's what he says. They're just like he, he likens them to two guys during the days of Moses, Janus and Jambres. You say, who are those guys? Well, they were the magicians of Pharaoh. That's what the scripture says. Janus and Jambres. Now, we don't get their names in the book of Exodus, but in extra biblical Jewish writings, we find out about these two guys. And obviously, that's who they were because... Paul put it in the scripture. God by, uh, inspired Paul to write about these two guys, Janus and Jambres. And here they are, and they oppose Moses. Well, how did they oppose Moses? See, they hold to a form of godliness. They come across like they're spiritual, but they deny the power of the gospel. You know, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. There's power in the gospel. These guys deny the gospel. But they have power, just as the Egyptian magicians had power. You remember, uh, Moses takes Aaron's rod. He comes before Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, forget it. I don't know who you are. I don't know the Lord. Yeah, I do not know Yahweh. Neither shall I let your people go. Who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? He said that I should let his people go. And so Moses did a miracle. He threw down Aaron's rod. Aaron's rod turns into a snake. But Janus and Jambres, they get their magical arts going and their rods become snakes. Aaron's rod eats their snakes. Kind of as a tip off. Something's different with these guys. Uh, these guys are thinking they could hang with God and hang with the miracles of God. They can't. And listen, the false teachers, they might be able to do some stuff because there's demonic power there but they've denied the true power of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They've denied the Lord Jesus Christ, and they oppose the truth. They stand against the truth. So not only will the last days become increasingly violent, but there'll be an influx of false teachers. How can we know who's a genuine teacher and who's a wolf in sheep's clothing? Pastor Jeff will return tomorrow with the answer and the conclusion to this message entitled, He Never Said It Would Be Easy. It's from Pastor Jeff's End Time series, Future Shock, What in the World is Going On? And as you've heard today, the Bible promises that the last days will be full of struggles. So as we get closer to the day when Jesus returns, it's critical that we live with urgency, expectancy and a keen ability to point out the signs of the times. We want to help you make sure that you're ready for these last days by putting Pastor Jeff's eye-opening End Times resources in your hands. The first is an easy-to-read booklet entitled, How Near is the End? And it's our gift of thanks to you for your donation to From His Heart this month to help us speak the truth in love to a growingly skeptical world. And when you make that gift, we'll send you the booklet, along with the entire nine-message End Times series, Future Shock, What in the World is Going On? To get the book and the booklet in the format of your choice, USB, CDs, DVDs, or digital download, make your gift online at fromhisheart.org or call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE. 
These End Times resources will give you the confidence of knowing that you are ready as the end draws near. How near is the end and future shock for your partnership today? Well, thank you for joining us today. I'm Larry Nobles, and we trust that you'll be here tomorrow on Independence Day across America or wherever you live for Tuesday's part two of the lesson, He Never Said It Would Be Easy. That's tomorrow when Pastor Jeff Shreve will speak truth in love here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who believes that no matter how much you may have messed up in life, God still loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. Find out more about that when you go to fromhisheart.org.